This is an OSV Podcasts production. To learn more about OSV Podcasts Network, visit osvpodcasts.com. FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influences, Father of Gallia Homilies. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Guess what Sunday we're approaching? Divine Mercy Sunday. Divine Mercy Sunday, a beautiful Sunday, powerful Sunday, um, Sunday reflecting mercy, God's love. And it is the Sunday after Easter Sunday. And so we're well into our Easter alleluias, not Alleluia. no longer sca- scandalous. <laughs> the guilt is gone. <laughs> the guilt is gone. For those of you who didn't hear that last week, we felt guilty saying alleluia because we hadn't, at the recording, we were still in Holy Week. Yes. So um, we jumped the gun a little bit, but it was this, yes. for the sake of the gospel. So well, before Holy I Week, think we're all right. Yes. So um, a, a wonderful episode, wonderful to explore the Word of God for this Sunday's upcoming readings, this Sunday upcoming gospel. So when you go to Mass this Sunday, you should be more prepared than the priest. Okay, you should know, <laughs> know a lot more, <laughs> at least have a wider scope than what the priest is going to preach about as well. Just stand up. Actually, <laughs> what you find <laughs> is in the middle of Mass. Don't exactly. do that. Do According do to that. this commentator. <laughs> <laughs> Justine. No. Yeah. Okay. So here's a question um, before we go into our prayer. If you were a Bible character, okay, so this is maybe something you can comment um, if you're watching on YouTube. What, if you were a Bible character, what is the character you would be, would be most like, and why? Hold on. Is the question who I would like to be like or who Mm. I think I am? Um, If you were a Bible character, which one would you be? I mean, it's yeah, like just, yeah. Who you're most alike, I think. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I okay. was going to say, like, Martha all round, like, just yeah. the busybody to tick off that list. Like, Jesus is there, yes, but tick off the list and do the things <laughs> for Jesus, but missing, sometimes missing the point of actually being with Jesus. Yeah. 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 I think that. Do you think that's a good. Yeah, and but yeah, uh, but also you make time to sit at the like I, I know you like yeah. and I know you spend time going to mass every day and spending time so you do you have the you're certainly a matter you're a doer but also at the same time you trying there's to a, a Mary, Mary as well trying yeah so that's right so you, you have know, to fight for the Mary side I've seen something on social media that has like a the Mary and the Martha list like so you can list out things wow. to be like both the women I think that's a very smart yeah both and so I think good balance yeah. Hmm. So that's good. Well, Father Rob, strap yourself in because you're surrounded by two Marthas. <laughs> not one, but two. Dos. <laughs> Dos yeah. Martros. Yeah. I think I, I relate to her fretting, like her cleaning, and I, I give thanks to my Maltese mother, whose yes, first yes. love language is to clean anything. <laughs> uh, it's the way she loves others, and the way she loves to receive love is to clean. Um, but just And to be clean. And to be clean. And I think that's just me constantly flitting around and... Um, doing a lot of things, and and some of those things are for the sake of the gospel. I hope, and, and hopefully they're yeah, meaningful. Yeah. So it's not a, it's. I don't think it's a bad thing, but then I think yes, losing sight of what's important. I I think is sometimes um I find it hard to stop uh, and to sit. So last week's episode where you said to just. 
go and sit before the Blessed Sacrament and then yeah. you get, you know, slowly the more time you spend before the Lord, the more you get addicted to it. And I think, yeah, yeah I, need, I need me some of that. I need me some of that addiction. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yes. How about you? Well, I, I would say I'm very much, I associate myself very much with, the, with Peter. And I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> I was like, is he, is he not? Well, it's not because he was a saint. It's because he was messed up. You know, like <laughs> he was like when I do something, I do it well. But when I do something bad, I do it well, too. I'm just like, <laughs> like Peter, you know, when he when he rebels, he rebels three times, not once, like mm. three times. And when he um, does something good, then he gives it his all. And I think this is the way. Um, I, I see my character as well. So just always battling with Jesus, denying Jesus and coming back to him, um, putting my foot in it all the time like Peter does. But then at the same time, ready to run to him and to um, to serve him. So. so today's episode will be hosted by Martha, Martha and Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would love to know um, in the comments if anyone's listening and you can associate yes. with any characters. I am very intrigued to read this. Especially the yes. Old Testament ones. And why? You, Give us the yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> so maybe someone is like Melchizedek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quickly Googles it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, it'll be to give us your comment, Willie, or um, we'd be very interested to know. Mm. Do it. Okay, so let's say a prayer. Let's ask the Lord to enter into our hearts as we pray and we welcome the Lord into our pre- into His website. <laughs> I'll hand over to Justine. <laughs> Justine. Hand over to Martha, please. <laughs> Martha will take care of it. Martha, please worry. take over. <laughs> All right. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for. Um, being so close to us, I just thank you for um, anyone who's hit play at this moment. Lord, you you know them by name. You know who is listening. You know why they're listening and you know what's in their heart. And um, today I just pray that you would, in some small way, use this podcast to bring peace, to bring clarity, to push people further along the journey towards you, Lord, um, and that you would use your word and everything that comes from it uh, to bring life into us, Lord. Amen. Amen. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner. And join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and his message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com donate. Alrighty, so this week um, we are breaking open... I've cut off the the gospel, Alyssa. It's John chapter 20, (laughs) verses 19 to 31. Thank you, You had one job. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's pray. Sorry. We'll be jumping in. Um, Here we go. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, He showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I'd like the, the last verse. And uh, um, very often I, I get quoted, you know, I took, I have a lot of friends and uh, good friends who are um, Protestant and also Protestant pastors. And always, always the argument is, where does it say that in the Bible? Where does it say that <laughs> in the Bible? And I always quote this last verse. He said that if everything Jesus had said, everything Jesus had done had been um, written in, in the Bible, then there wouldn't be room there wouldn't be room for any of the libraries in the world to contain it. So, um, yeah, so th this is a beautiful s scripture verse that reminding us of the uh, uh, coming back to the word of God. So I think the thing that um, kind of strikes me straight away, the first thing that comes to mind with this scripture is um, it's, you know, if we have context here and background, we obviously know we've just come through uh, Easter and the disciples had literally abandoned Jesus after saying that they would be with him, that they would always stand by him side, but they, they abandoned him in his hour of need. And Jesus meets them for the first time. And you can just anticipate, like, this is just going to be the most awkward moment ever, right? Yes. Um, and it would have probably been a moment that they were all dreading, like yes. avoiding and dreading. And yet, what were his first words to them? Not once, yes. twice to them. Peace be with you. And they would have been expecting probably rebuke or reproach because they, they knew they deserved it. They yes, ditched yes, him. Exactly. But no, he, he wanted peace for them. And I just think, gosh, if, that's, if ever you want to make an entrance or if there was one entrance in all of mankind that you would pinpoint that was the most pivotal, second to the res resurrection, it would be this. Well, yeah, exactly. And the, the, the feeling that they would have had at that moment, just thinking about the, the apostles at that point, they were absolutely terrified. They were scared that they were going to get murdered, that they were going to mm -hmm. be next. But a feeling that I, when I was praying with this this afternoon, and I was just thinking about the scripture verse, the thought that, like I tried to put, my, put on the mind of the apostles. And I think the first feeling I would feel is not only fear, but it would have been anger and resentment that they took away the most important person in my life, that they, the Jews, the Romans, um, should have known better, that they, they brought the worst out of me, 
that they and, and it's sort of this blaming game that I'm sure many of them would have experienced and this disappointment including Thomas Thomas reacted differently in that he went away and he thought uh, stuff this you know I'm I'm going away I I've uh, I have nothing I uh, put all my hope in it and it's failed me so I'm going I don't want my heart to be broken again and this mm-hmm. is sometimes how we work with God as well we feel disappointed by God we feel disappointed by relationships and then we close our heart off and we say no I'm not going to get allow myself to get hurt again mm. and we become this the opposite of this divine mercy that God is showing and has shown the apostles yes Thomas was disappointed disillusioned yes the apostles were resentful but was Jesus any of that yeah no, no he walked in and he loved them he spoke peace into their hearts it's as though Like, hey, uh, Jesus, I think you're missing a whole chapter here. Yeah. You know, like we've just abandoned you. <laughs> and yeah. But I think he even goes further than that. Like it's, you know, he, any human person, I guess, if someone's abandoned you, like you would abandon those who abandoned you. Mm. But he still chose the disciples. Yeah. He still, he met with them in that room. He said, peace be with you. He showed them mercy and he imp- he gave them the Holy Spirit to empower them to continue the mission even after they had abandoned him. Yes. Um so we can see in um this gospel reading this is John's depiction of Pe- Pentecost when it says that God breathed um I can't remember the exact words but he breathed life into the disciples he gave them the holy spirit. Yes. And this word for breathed is the same um word that's used in Genesis where the, the I'll read the verse Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. And then again also in the book of Ezekiel when he breathed life into the dry bones and they came alive again. Um Jesus unites the disciples to himself by giving them the Holy Spirit which then empowers them to continue the mission as the Father has sent me so I am sending you. Yes. And again this is the spirit that's breathed on us in baptism the spirit that's mm. breathed on us every time we turn to the Lord and ask for the spirit for the empowering of the spirit of God. This is ruach another name for the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, come breath of God, breathe on me, breath of God. And so this is what the spirit is he knew that the we needed the power of the holy spirit now pentecost hadn't happened yet okay but why did he breathe on them if the pen, if the holy spirit hadn't come yet you see because even at that moment they could they they received the presence of the holy spirit that is the moment um of the presence when he breathed on them at this point he's breathing on them the presence of the holy spirit and saying hey you i'm i'm giving you my presence but then at pentecost they received the power of the holy spirit the oh, empowering wow. cool. of the holy spirit with the flames the fire in their hearts the belly in their belly now many of us many of us in baptism in our christian walk stop at this point mm-hmm. we stop yeah. and we say hey i have the presence of the holy spirit in me but the question i ask always what about the power yeah. what about the power of the holy spirit are you thinking i got the power <laughs> see, but what what about the power of the holy spirit that many of us don't live supernatural lives we don't expect miracles in our lives we don't expect the divine things to happen we don't expect the supernatural and we don't preach with a boldness that the apostles have because we're satisfied and we rightly so should be satisfied but not we should be grateful but not satisfied in a sense we we we're, we're grateful and we're satisfied with the presence of the holy spirit when the holy spirit is grieved i believe by the fact that we don't step into his power as well man i love that articulation 
receiving the presence versus the power. I think mm. that's really cool. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about Tommy Boy. Thomas, because mm-hmm. um, I, I read a little bit um, beyond a, a commentary. So I was reading a bit of a reflection that presented uh, a perspective on Thomas that I hadn't heard before. And um, it just made me realize that technically Thomas never doubts Jesus himself. It's not articulated in that way in what we read. Thomas actually doubts the word and the witness of the disciples, his friends. So that's what he's doubting. And so uh, we know how the story goes because we've just read it. He obviously comes back to the disciples. We don't know where he's been. It's not outlined. He's come back um, and they tell him, like, we've seen Jesus. He's come back. He's not dead. And um, in that moment, Thomas kind of doesn't really believe them because I I guess he might have been thinking, well, if you've seen the risen Lord, then why are you still here? Mm. If you've um, received the presence of the Holy Spirit, then what are you waiting for? Like, why are you still here and not out there? And so he didn't doubt Jesus. Perhaps he actually just doubted the words of his friends who hadn't acted on the presence of the Spirit that they had received. And he didn't think that they were credible. And um, I, I also read that there's this ancient saying, and I, and I think it in the Eastern Church, and it links to this as well. Um, If you want to know if Jesus is really risen, look around you at the faces at the east. Look around you at the faces at the Easter vigil. Oh. If you want to know if Jesus is really risen, look around you at the faces at the Easter vigil. So Thomas couldn't um, read the presence of the risen Lord on their faces because they were still there. And it calls me to question what do people see on my face? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? And we need to look like, show like yes. to the world that we know that Jesus Christ is risen and, and and we have salvation. And so when you're at the Easter Vigil this year, make sure you smile. Just make sure yeah, <laughs> you don't have a RBF, you know, show yeah, some yeah, emotion yeah, right. on your face. There was, a, I, I'm, in fact, while you were talking, I had to Google quickly uh, a movie because I watched the trailer, funnily talking about pretty much what you're saying. Um, the movie Downsizing. I don't know if you know. This is basically a movie about, it has Matt Damon in it. And basically they shrink. And so they're oh, 200. they're actually little people. Yeah. yeah. And then they downsize <laughs> and they sort of, if they have $100,000, their $100,000 now is worth $6 million or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they're m- much richer people um, and a better life. And they go to the sales office, like the place where they downsize. And where they become, where they shrink into this small world. And the woman who's trying to sell them this product, the, the wife asks, hey, if this is ama- as amazing as you say it is, why aren't you there? Why aren't you there? Mm. And she gives this excuse. She says, because my husband has a hip replacement and the metal, and, but you can tell like it's not r- really true. And she, the, I, yeah, I don't want to... Um, break the rest of the story but <laughs> no. the woman uh, I sorry mute it if you don't want to know spoiler the end of this alert. movie spoiler <laughs> alert um, the woman decides not to go ahead because um, she could see that this woman wasn't authentic mm. yeah, wow that's uh, scary it's if, the, you, if you apply that to yourself mm. that someone wouldn't invite Jesus into their life because you're not convinced. authentic oh yeah. my gosh like, that's terrifying to me yeah and so how important it is for us to experience the resurrection, to live in the resurrection, to be able to proclaim the resurrection. Jesus doesn't need lawyers. He needs witnesses. He doesn't mm. need people who defend other people who have had the experiences, but he needs someone who have actually had the experiences themselves. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, speaking of experiences themselves, I wanted to touch on that line um, 
towards the end of the gospel, it says, blessed are they who have not seen and have believed. So we can Mm. see all throughout John's gospel after the resurrection, different ways in which the disciples had encountered Jesus in this very personal way, face to face. Um, Obviously, Thomas had a bit of a different um, journey, which we already spoke about. But um, I want to talk about the generations that came later on. Um, John, towards the end of the gospel, says, you know, that one of the main points of his gospel is so people who are reading this later on can from the testimonies of, of these disciples, come to their own encounter with Jesus. Um, but then he says, uh, and I think that line that says, blessed are they who have not seen and have believed, can relate to those people, those later generations. But I feel like it could also relate to people who um, still believe, even if they can't see the power of God working in their life. And mm. I think far out, like how amazing mm. to have faith like that as we've said in previous episodes we can be brats sometimes and we don't see the power of god working in our life but seriously blessed are they who have not seen and have believed yes and again uh, coming from um knowing jesus this is all impossible without knowing jesus so um yeah just grateful for for this divine mercy sunday grace grateful for his mercy towards us grateful for the resurrection but also wonderfully grateful for um, the, the witness that we're called to be, each and every one of us, a beautiful witness. The Marriage Group delivers high-quality online pre-cana and natural family planning courses to thousands of couples around the world every year. Couples separated by distance, those who can't attend gathered events or weekend retreats, or couples who want to learn at their own pace love the Marriage Group's online and on-demand courses. If you're getting married in the Catholic Church, talk to your ministry leader about online pre-cana. If you'd like to learn about NFP from both a medical and a spiritual perspective, check out their natural family planning course taught by Kyle and Dr. Danielle Kestner. Learn why thousands of ministry leaders recommend their courses and use the code FRG15 for a 15% discount at themarriagegroup.com. Here we go. In this week's reality check, I want to talk about peace because I need it. Yeah, don't a, we all? Not a piece of pizza, but the peace. Oh, I in feel my like that soul. too. Yeah, I'm going to talk about peace, and I specifically want to talk about three ways to get your peace back because. We have peace. In, in today's scripture, we read that God, you know, peace is God's resurrection gift to us. Where he mm. says, peace be with you. We got it. But sometimes we lose it or we forget where we put it. And so today I want to talk about three ways to get your peace back. Are you ready? Yes. Ready? Drum roll. Numero uno. Number one, give up on your timing. So these ones are going to be a bit left of field because I've heard all the peace talks, you know, yeah, across yeah, yeah. years. These are going to be a li- bit little left but so powerful that give up your timing. Give eh? up your timing. Throw out your watch. <laughs> you know, sometimes we steal our own peace. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but I've definitely stolen my own peace by expecting things to happen when I want them to happen. Yes. Expecting that of God, demanding that of God. Let it happen now. It should have happened yesterday. Um, well, we actually need to give up on doing that. You know, we need to quit on being timekeeper with God. We need to quit putting our desired outcome on prayers or requests that we give to God. Quit putting timeframes on it. God is God and not me. He is good and He wants good for me. He's not the baddie. He cares about what you, what I am going through and He's doing something in it. So let's stop stealing our own peace. Put down the pen put down the stopwatch, take a breath and let the God who holds your life 
let his timing unfold mm. in your life, not you. Mm-hmm. Number two, here we go. Decide who you're going to listen to. Now, for me, this is the biggest stealer of my peace. Why? Because the devil is always going to be in your ear, whispering doubts, whispering alternatives and whispering questions into you always. That's his job. And it's actually the only thing he knows how to do. So he ain't got nothing much. And those whispers are lies, right? A hundred percent. They are lies. They're the opposite to what, what God says, because he wants to steal you away from the truth that God has from you. He wants to steal you away. He wants to steal your peace. He wants you to forfeit your peace. Um, But the best part is God actually has the last say. God has the peace. Um, God only ever speaks in in peace and in power, not the thief. And so we need to get good. We need to get better at recognizing the voices around us and deciding which one am I going to listen to? Which path am I going to feed? Which one am I going to go down? So the question is, Whose voice are you going to listen to? Not when you're feeling good and you're feeling close to Jesus, but when you're feeling down and like your peace is shaken, when you're feeling confused and maybe there is a lack of peace, when you have a big decision to make that will change your life and you're feeling a little bit unsettled, whose voice are you going to listen to? Because I think the devil's voice stands at a distance and he throws stones of doubt Mm -hmm. and steals peace. God, though, he stands with us in your doubt. He's not far Mm. from your doubt and he promises peace that the world cannot give. That's my number two, decide who you're going to listen to. And finally, number three, get your definition right. I think sometimes we lose our peace because we've got our understanding of what peace looks like all mixed up. You know, we've all bought into the lie, perhaps like me, maybe you have the lie that experiencing peace and the peace of God means that my life is going to be free from adversity. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a trial free life. But actually as Christians, that's actually the exact opposite to what Christ himself taught. You know, in, in John 16, 33, he actually assures us that we'll always have tribulation in this world. And in that same verse, as the shepherd, he says, though, I've said this to you, that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you won't have peace, but in me, you will. So Jesus came so that we would have peace in the midst of our hardship. That's that's where God is, peace that the world cannot give. And just a nice little quote from Pope St. John Paul II to wrap it up. He says, peace is not just the absence of war. Like a cathedral, peace must be constructed patiently and with unshakable faith. Mm. So that's my three ways to get your peace back. Stop stealing your own peace. Yeah, I love the last one, especially because a lot of people think that once I'm in the right relationship, once I'm away from the sin, once I move to a different country, um, then I'm going to have my peace. And and the peace is offered to you where you are at. And the lack of peace will follow you wherever you are at. So Mm. first find peace, seek the Lord, seek his peace, seek his love, and it will follow you all the days of your life. Amen. Amen. If you've enjoyed this podcast... We're going to be back here again next week, same time, same place. Um, you can follow us online at on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Find all those links at our website, catholicinfluencerspodcast.com. We have online courses that you can subscribe to as well. Head to encountercourses.com for all the details about that. And did I miss anything? Um, Instagram, um, Twitter and social media. We'd love your comments. Tell us what saint you're most like. 
And um, yeah. How many Marthas are there out there in the <laughs> how world? How many Marthas are there? <laughs> and how many Peters? Peters. Peter. <laughs> we'll okay. see you next week. Bye. God bless. God bless. This has been a production of OSV Podcasts. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com. 